and welcome to Here's My Number, So Call Me Ishmael, the podcast formerly known as Beauty and the Beasts of the Southern Wild. It's a cultural quiz show and so much more. I'm Tony, and this is Austin. Hello, Austin. Hello, Tony. It's pronounced Quivenzene, for anyone out there wondering. <laughs> Thank you. Austin, I have a lot of things to tell you about the relationship between the world and our podcast and the mm-hmm. influence there between. Mm. In the world, but not of the world, I hope. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you some facts. A couple episodes ago, we talked about grocery store chain Treasure Island. Chicago native. Muppet Run. Muppet Run. Grocery store chain. It's been around for like 50 years. We said some not-so-nice things about it, and then two months later, it closed after 50 years. Oh my gosh. I think we killed Treasure Island. We killed America's most European supermarket. Oh my gosh. And was it just the location near you, or is it the whole chain? The entire chain closed. I think we killed it. I think we killed it. I think we killed Treasure Island. What else? Who else have we killed? Well, I, the other two bits of cultural influence that we've that we've had are, are positive. So one is, even more than a few episodes back, we talked about Donkey Brand chips. Yeah, love them. Then a few months after that, I, you know, found myself in a little town called Grand Rapids, Michigan, and guess what I saw in the aisles of a grocery store in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh my gosh, the donkey. I saw, I saw that donkey. That ch- those chips brayed at me. One bag at a time. One bag at a time. Wow. Best chips. Still haven't, you know, it's been months. Haven't had a better chip. Still have it's yet been. to have a better tortilla chip, and I was ecstatic when I saw it in Grand Rapids, Michigan. All right, what's the other one? The final bit, the final bit of influence is that a few episodes back we talked about Kids Bop. And yes. we lampooned some of their lyrical changes. And I then a few months later was listening to, I'm going to say, sort of a brother podcast to this podcast, which is My Brother, My Brother and Me. Yeah, I'd say a knockoff is what sort I would of, say. Yeah, sort of, sort a, of a... a spiritual successor to our podcast. Mm. And guess what they did for the intro for one of their podcasts? They lampooned Kids Bop lyrics. You know, I did hear that, and clearly they are juggernauts in the podcasting world, but we beat them to that joke, and I'm really proud of it. Yeah, I I'm feel really like proud about it. who juggernauts the juggernaut, you know? <laughs> I think I think we juggernaut the juggernaut. I, how about who jugs the juggernaut? <laughs> wow, yeah, we, we definitely got to kids swap quicker, and, and I would say more comprehensively. I, they don't have much time to spend you know, spend on one theme like we do. Right. Despite being our brother podcast and our spiritual successor, they're not actually a cultural trivia podcast. That's true. Much like we don't give advice and, and probably shouldn't. True. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even dream of giving people advice. I'll give the brothers some advice. Quit ripping us off. Yeah, hey, quit chomping our style, brothers. We're coming for you, McElroy's. <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> Let me in on... The sweet theme. Sure. This week's theme, Austin, is... No, never mind. I'm sorry. I, that was that was unorganic. I usually transition <laughs> into it with a joke. So make a joke now. Uh, I, I don't have a smooth transition. It hasn't come up organically this time. So 
So I'll just... We can retcon it. Well, <laughs> the, the theme of today's episode is beauty. Mm. That was a beautiful transition, Tony. Well, thank you. Perfect. Now it's organic. It was, as you said, it was sort of retroactively organic. <laughs> and that was some, some ret org. Yes. So our first category in the world of beauty is going to be beautiful people in fiction. Mm. And we are going to start with we're going to start with beautiful women in fiction. Okay. The mental category I want to have in your head is fictional women who have a claim on being the most beautiful women. The most beautiful women of all time or the most beautiful women in the world. And the fictional world I'm going to set up in this podcast is I'm going to give clues that are all beauty pageant themed clues. Oh my goodness. So for instance, if, if I were to say if the magic mirror was a judge in this pageant, she would win the contest. Mm. Snow White. Snow White, right. This is good. This is good. Most beautiful, uh, renowned for being the most beautiful. That, Yeah, if we get into, in any hot water, we can say, well, not our words. Not our words. Not but our words. It was the magic mirror who declared her the fairest of them all. Yeah, not our words. So smile. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so for this next one, her talent portion of the beauty pageant would be a lasso routine mm. and even though so the, the swimsuit contest has been removed from the miss america contest but if it hadn't been removed she would be very well prepared for it mm. i might need another clue tony i will give you another clue so technically it's not actually a swimsuit that she's wearing it's more of an armored swimsuit oh princess leia no although armored swimsuit for sure but she does not have a lasso but she uh, she chokes Java with her. Oh, that's her true. That would be. Yeah. That's true. That would be uh, a good guess. But you're right. She is not renowned for being. I mean, in some subreddits, probably. But... <laughs> deep, deep in the internets. No, this is this is a woman wearing a a semi armored swimsuit with a sort of, I guess, sort of American themed color color scheme. Mm, I'm gonna go with Diana, aka Wonder Woman. That is exactly correct. She is famous for having her lasso of truth and is also famous for wearing a outfit that is swimsuit-esque. And uh, an invisible jet. And an invisible one. jet, which I don't think would be appropriate in a beauty pageant. Right. Right. Visible jet, visible swimsuit. <laughs> that was a good clue, Tony, and I, I, uh, I think I'm kind of... I'm into the swing of it now, so I'm ready Good. for whatever you're lobbing Good. at. This woman's talent would be getting lit on fire and emerging unscathed. Oh. Okay, so crossing Joan of Arc off the list. <laughs> uh, let's see. How about uh, Mother of Dragons? Yeah, that is what I was referring to, yes. Miss, Miss Daenerys Targaryen. Come on down. Khaleesi. Yes, several of Daenerys' followers regard her as the most beautiful woman in the world. <laughs> several. I mean, that could apply to a lot of fictional women, I'd say. There are a couple people who think she's, she's really beautiful. But... <laughs> I don't think that's true of all fictional women. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She has a, a very devoted following, proven, tested. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So you know how in beauty pageants the, the contestants are... 
asked questions about current events and things like that, yes, they often will say things that well, I shouldn't say they often say things, but sometimes they will say things because of the you know the bright lights and the cameras and the nerves. They'll say things that don't make a lot of sense. Yeah. This beautiful woman was asked if she wanted the One Ring of Power, and her response was, instead of a Dark Lord, you would have a queen. Not dark, but beautiful and terrible, like such as the Dawn. Like such as the Dawn. Yeah, you're right. She did kind of bungle she it She really bungled that. She said like such as so many times. That's got to be Kate Blanchett as <laughs> Galadriel. Yes, um, is. is she a lady, Kate Blanchett, at this point? I feel like she should be, if if not. She is a lady in terms of gender identification. I don't know that she is a lady in terms of... Um, knighthood. N- yes, knighthood. Ladyhood, I guess. She's got the Order of Australia. Okay. Yeah, to recognize Australian citizens and other persons for uh, achievement or meritorious service. I didn't, re- she's Aust- I didn't realize she was Australian. I thought my yeah. that she was British. I didn't either. Yeah. Citizens, before the establishment of the order, they received British honors. So I guess if you get the, yeah, I don't know. She's close to a lady. Yeah. She's a lady to me, as <laughs> Billy Joel would say. Yeah. According to Tolkien, I would say that Galadriel is the mightiest and fairest of all the elves that remained on Middle-earth. Mm. Can you imagine saying that to someone, though? Like, you're not the prettiest, but you're the prettiest left. <laughs> Kind of a. It is a bit of a backhanded compliment. Yeah, I'd buy it though. And you know, she hasn't she hasn't missed a beat since then. I feel like she could be recast in that role, and yeah. Austin, are you trying to say that she hasn't aged a day? Haven't aged a day. She's she's a real life elf, Elvis. Elvis. <laughs> she's a real. She is Elvis in real life. <laughs> Uh, the last two, I want you to tell me which of these two women is more beautiful. Like I said, the the swimwear and evening gown contest are now defunct in the world of Miss America. So I don't know. I actually don't know if, if beauty even is a, a feature in the world of Miss America. But I want Because you to, beauty isn't a feature, Tony. It's not about our features. It's not. It would be hard to defend the claim that beauty is not a feature. But I think I think it would be easier to defend the claim that beauty is not as important as the other aspects of the of the mm. Yeah, I think I'm a physical feature, and I forgot that other things are features. <laughs> so anyway, so I want you to tell me which of these two women are more beautiful: Helen of Troy or Princess Damayanti of Vidarbha? Princess Damayanti of Vidarbha. Hmm. What can you tell me about Princess uh, Nokia of Hidalgo? What's what? Tell me about her. Well, I, part of the joke here was that I was going to name somebody really famous and then somebody that you've never heard of. Um, mm. I feel like the setup that you're trying to do is, well, Helen of Troy launched a thousand ships, but Princess Hidalgo launched a thousand and one dinghies or something like that. This was absolutely an effort to dupe you. My, one so, of my one of my clues for Helen of Troy, I decided not to give this, but one of my truths for Helen of Troy was that her talent was going to be launching ships with only her face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let me tell you about Princess Damayanti of Vidarbha. So Kali, 
missed Princess Damianti's Svayamvara, which is when a young woman gets to pick the suitor of her choice. So a mm. bunch of suitors come, and they say, I would like to suit you, princess. And she says, you are going to be the one who suits me. She says, me. suit yourself. <laughs> well, yeah. She said, suit yourself to everyone except for King Nala, who is a very handsome man. Now, King Nala is not to be confused with Nala from the Lion King. King Nala is a handsome man. But Kali wasn't present for this Fayamvara. So Kali, the god, spitefully separated King Nala from Princess Damayanti and changed King Nala's appearance so that the princess couldn't find him again. But the princess asked her father to hold the Svayamvara again, and she recognized the training of her former husband's chariot horses and the cooking of her husband. And even though his appearance was changed, she was able to recognize him from that, and they were reunited. Wow. That's a beautiful story. It is a beautiful story. And the way that I was going to trick you was that Aphrodite describes Helen of Troy as the most beautiful of mortal women, but Princess Damayanti is described as there is none among gods or yakshas or men so beautiful. Helen of Troy is specifically listed as most beautiful among mortals, but Princess Damayanti was recognized as beautiful among mortals, spirits, and gods. So, Wow. I love that. I love that. That's a great story. That's a great story. Recognizes cooking. Yeah. Do you think if your appearance were drastically changed that anyone that you love would be able to recognize you from your cooking? Oh, boy. I would hope so. I would hope so. <laughs> or, or perhaps from the training of your chariot horses? Yeah. No, see, that one's a shoe-in. I think that uh, my horses They've are, got a distinctive trot. Yeah, head and shoulders above the rest, yeah. physically and in terms of training. So Katie actually got to see me ride a horse for the first time. So Whoa. I think that she would be able to to distinguish <laughs> the riding of your horses, the riding of my horses. But now clarify the modifier in that sentence. You said she got to see you riding a horse for the first time, meaning you were riding a horse for the first time or she saw you for the first time riding a horse. Oh, yes. I was riding a horse for the first time. That's and exciting. It was, well, it was both, I guess. Yeah. Because um, it was the first time her her seeing me, but yeah. That's exciting. Um, it was exciting. It was scary. I was taller than the horse, and yet you don't feel as tall. Yeah. You feel small up there. I bet the horse was probably longer than you. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you beat it in one dimension, but not but not the rest of the dimensions. I didn't beat it at all. I trained my horses <laughs> clean. It's going to be it. That's oh, yeah, one of the ways that you right. can tell the distinctive training of your chariot horses is by yes. how kindly you treat them. I treat them very kindly, and they're just so ill-behaved and lazy. <laughs> They'll never pull your chariot. Have you ever cooked Indian food? Princess Dapiyashi of I, Indian origin. but I have cooked Indian food. I, I don't. I don't think that I have done it justice, but okay. yeah, in my in my twilight years, I'm <laughs> moving more toward a, a vegetarian diet, and uh, Indian food has had that under control. Yeah, South Asian food has been doing that well for yeah. time immemorial, and maybe cycles of time immemorial. Boom! <laughs> Very well done. Very well done. University. The story, by the way, of, of Princess Dima... 
I'm gonna Baba so Yaga, I, Princess Baba Yaga. <laughs> Princess Baba Yaga. So I'm gonna try to pronounce it correctly. I'm not. I think it's looking at the pronunciation guide. I think it's Damayanti. Not exactly. Sure. Damayanti. That story comes from. Again, I'm gonna attempt to pronounce this. I believe it's Mahabharata. Okay, give me a second here. Mahabharata. Mahabharata. I think is what it is, which you may recognize as the source of the Bhagavad Gita, which is the mm. source of the line "Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds," which is a pretty famous line. Yeah, and also the source of spiritual guidance for millions of people. Also the source of, yes, also the source of guidance for millions of people. I, I did not mean to exclusively <laughs> say that its value comes from its contribution to Western culture in the form of its most famous line. I just, I just mean to say that that is the place where you might recognize it from. But you are right. It is also the source of guidance for millions of people. Beautiful. Beautiful. Listen, this whole this the things I've learned already have been beautiful. It's a meta beauty beyond <laughs> the beauty of the subjects. Yeah. Damayanti. So those are the most beautiful women in fiction. Wow. Good to know. It's been jotting down these names. <laughs> a follow up. Yeah. Dam- Damayanti, by the way, is D A M A Y A N T I. Mm. Damayanti. I'm gonna bookmark <laughs> and uh, read about it later. Yeah. In her Wikipedia page, the picture is her talking to a swan. Mm. Swans are also uh, beautiful creatures. Yeah. Swans are a good example of beauty on the outside, but very mean and awful on the inside. Just vicious. Yeah. Have you ever seen a swan attacking a duck? I've seen a swan pretty much if you if anything that has gotten within like five feet of a swan, I've seen it attack it. Oh. They're mean creatures. So aggro. <laughs> it's like chill. No. Chill out. So that's beautiful women of fiction. We can briefly talk about beautiful men of fiction. So there is a you know the, the the website TV Tropes? I do. It's a great it's a great website. There's a TV trope for world's most beautiful woman, but there is no TV trope for world's most beautiful man. Come on, TV tropes. There is a TV trope for hunk, mm. which includes Hercules from the movie Hercules. Gaston? Yes. In the movie Hercules, one of the muses can be heard singing, Honey, you mean Hunkules. Oh. So that's, that's a reference to the... Herky hunk. <laughs> I think Hunkules was fine as it was, Austin. I yeah, don't think I think... you needed to change that. There are two animated men in TV shows that are regarded as hunks. Would you like to take a stab at, at who those might be? You said two characters in TV shows yeah. regarded as hunks. Yeah, and they're older TV shows. Uh, one of them is featured in his TV show pretty much always shirtless, so that's a good way to know that he's a real hunk. In TV show always shirtless. Always shirtless in Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> I guess he's not always shirtless, but certainly often shirtless, with just like a little, a little thing covering his chest. Oh boy, He Man. Yep, He Man. Okay. He Man is one of TV's hunks. You know, there's a character in The Good Place uh, who is a shirtless hunk uh, whose name is Chris Baker, <laughs> which is kind of a fun. 
<laughs> Treat. Huh. Hashtag who's Chris Baker. Hashtag. Always being shirtless in a TV show is, is a good sign that you're either very much a hunk or very much not a hunk. Mm. It's usually a way of sort of displaying the extremes of the male form. Yeah, like uh, Strong Bad is not much of a hunk. Although he would he would say that he was. Yeah, I think he would regard himself as a hunk, but I, I don't right. think that he. I think that's part of the joke. Right. The other animated hunk can often be found wearing sunglasses and brushing his hair. Ooh, Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. That's exactly right. Man, what a show. What a show. What a show. Golden age of television right there. Yeah. Golden age of television. Cool. Johnny Bravo and He-Man. And they're both cartoons. Do we have any real-life hunks besides Mac from Always Sunny? Dwayne The Rock Johnson was listed as a hunk. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Okay, for sure. He, is. he too, is often shirtless. Mm. Which I think is a way of sort of displaying. Boy, is he ever. I didn't know that he invented the term jabroni, which is kind of a blind spot for me. Kind of a cultural really? cultural blind spot. I didn't or, know that uh, until you just said that. Dwayne The Rock Johnson invented the phrase jabroni? Maybe didn't invent it, but definitely popularized it. I see. Definitely popularized it. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching a YouTube video captioned. I don't think this was professional, but it was jabroni jackpot. <laughs> And it was The Rock kind of spinning yarn about all of his his foes, you know, losing at slots in Vegas. And how he was going to go in and kind of show him what's what during that. So, did you know that Mae Whitman, a.k.a. her from Arrested Development, and was one of the main characters in Johnny Bravo, and Tom Kenny, a.k.a. SpongeBob. Wow. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't either. Golden Age. Golden Age. Another hunk <coughs> listed by TV Tropes is the brawny man. Oh, yeah. The quilted quicker picker upper. <laughs> no, that's not brawny. The quilted quicker picker upper. <laughs> bounty. bounty. Yeah, it is a little bit confusing to have a bounty brand and a brawny brand. Mm. I don't know who came first, but I feel like one, one was chopping the other style. True. True. But the brownie man is more of a quilted, quicker chopper downer because he's a lumberjack. <laughs> True. The quilted, quicker chopper upper, brawny. The brawny man used to have a mustache. He no longer does. Mm. I don't know. I I think this is maybe a commentary on sort of the nature of hunks in culture and sort of the changing nature of masculinity. But hmm. Well, people change, you know. People change. Well, I think it's also just a different man. Like, they, they changed his face and his hair color and stuff. Mm. You know, one of my favorite uh, on-screen hunks. Well, two of my favorite. You got Race Bannon from uh, Johnny Quest. And you got uh, you got Brock Sampson from The Venture Bros. Mm. Sort of a, a parody of the same. Yeah. Sort of a template, an homage now, uh, to hunks. There is a, uh, there is a sort of parody hunk trope Kronk from the from the emperor's new groove lots of patrick warburton characters coming out <laughs> yeah, exactly and this uh the sort of the hunk who is like comes off sort of dumb but then does really smart things and really nice things mm. uh sort of the anti-hunk more of a cronk than a hunk more like cronkulies <laughs> which 
is a name of a strain of marijuana that I'm growing. <laughs> uh, so that's beautiful fictional people. I think it's time we move on to real beautiful people. Did we spend as much time on, on male hunks as we did on female hunks? Because I want to make sure that we, um, we balance. I don't think we did. And the same is going to be true of real beautiful people. Um, mm. Because it's, it's pretty much... Beautiful is a word that more often gets used to describe women than men. I think we can all agree about that. Except for that new movie, Beautiful Boy. Except for, yeah. However, they did have to specify Beautiful Boy, and in the movie Beauty and the Beast, you're just supposed to infer that beauty is a woman. That's true. That's true. So, context clues. And in fact, the final category, which I'm not going to tell you what it is, but that will also be mostly dedicated to a woman. So this, is, this can just be kind of a lady-leaning episode. Mm. Lady leaning. Yeah. Lean lady lean. <laughs> Good Bob Dylan. Fit yeah. another fictional. Um. <laughs> uh, lean across my big brass band. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this will just be this will just be a lady leaning episode. We'll talk about we'll talk about men too, but I think we'll mostly talk about ladies. All right. So for this section, I <clears throat> uh, we're going to be talking about. People Magazine's Most Beautiful People. And by the way, People Magazine has a sexiest man alive and then a most beautiful person. And way more of the more beautiful person, most beautiful people have been, like there's been like three men in the history of most beautiful people. And then they have a separate category for sexiest man alive. So it's just beauty. People Magazine just assumes that beauty is for women. Hmm. Um, did you know that it was pronounced uh, Us Weekly and not U.S. Weekly? Yes. All right. Well, another, <laughs> blind, another blind spot for old Oski. U.S. Weekly, I think, would be a good name for like a like a news magazine. Like it's news about America. Right. But right. I think this is us, news about us. Us Weekly is more of it's sort of evocative of a more personal touch. Right. And kind of like, you know, the stars are just like us. The stars Weekly. are just like us. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> but uh, since we're on the topic, I will say this. There was one year when People Magazine did a Sexiest Woman Alive in addition to doing a Sexiest Man Alive. That was 2014. Do you have any guesses as to who was the Sexiest Woman Alive in 2014? 2014. Oh boy, what was happening in 2014? At the time, she was at the uh, the age of 22. Wow, 2014, age of 22. They're probably not a model, huh? Uh, it is a model. Would it have been Kate Upton? It would have been. Yes. So Kate Upton okay. is the only woman ever to be declared the sexiest woman alive by People Magazine. Yeah. Man, yeah. There was a lot of buzz around here for a while. There was. Hope she's doing okay. I hope she's doing okay. In fact, here is an interesting Kate Upton story. So, earlier I referenced the young woman who used the phrase like such as in her answer to the Miss America contest question, where she said, I believe that our education like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq everywhere like such as. What do you think her name was? Oh, gosh. Well, I definitely don't know because I... <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's relevant to the fact that we were just talking about Kate Upton. 
Oh, Kate Upton. Yeah. <laughs> wow. She is also a model who goes by Kate Upton. She sometimes goes by Caitlin Upton, but I feel like I feel like it's it's got to be hard to be a model named Kate Upton when you're not the Kate Upton. Oh yeah, that's tough. That is tough. Two anyway, Kate Uptons. So that's that's our way of of linking categories one and two. So I have the last I think three years of most beautiful person alive from People Magazine, and I'm going to read internet comments on the announcements of these. Where you know on the internet, Austin people are not always kind and thoughtful. True. So you'll find them saying things, even on articles about the most beautiful person alive, you'll still find them saying mean things. So, for instance, the 2016 winner, YouTube user Inkland Sensation, wrote, Wow, somebody is desperate. This winner was pretty 15 years ago, and she was always pretty, never beautiful. Now with that plastic face, ew. Mmm... User Allen on therap.com said, 1996 called. It wants its headline back. Wow. Nicole Kidman? Negative. Um, she's got that. She's got the nose. She did the nose. True. She did the nose thing. Plastic true. face. Cheryl from therap.com says, her publicist must work triple overtime trying to keep this chick relevant. Oh, gosh. I'm listening for something beyond plastic face that, that would be a unique signifier. Yeah. The 90s generally was a very a very robust time for this woman's career. Hmm. And now she's back. And now she's back. She used to be in TV, now she's in movies. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Here's a clue. Frederica on the rap.com says, Maniston is so ugly. Who's next? Hillary Clinton? Ugh. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, that's right. Wow. Wow. Uh, she was People Magazine's Most Beautiful Person of the Year, 2016. It was her second time. She also won in 2004. What was her, uh, what was she, were they just kind of like, yeah, let's, uh, let's hit up. Let's hit up Jennifer Aniston again. Or was she... What happened in 2014 that brought her back in the limelight? 2016? I don't actually know. 16. Um, yeah. I don't really know what their decision-making metric is. I do want to be... I don't want to be totally negative on the internet comments. YouTube user Florexen Payson says, People love Jen, including me. And then a little less than three, which makes the heart. Mm, a little less than three. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jen's great. Mayette de Guzman says, good job, people. Jen's really the perfect choice for this title. Love, Jen. <laughs> Love, Jen. <laughs> She's, she is the perfect choice. <laughs> it's, it is the letter D, by the way. That is just, that's what the, what's written there. <laughs> good job, people. Jen's really the perfect choice for this title. Good job, people. That's a wrap. <laughs> the 2017 winner... On abcnews.com, user Amy Henderson says, she might be a nice person, she might be intelligent, but she is not beautiful. Wow. User jlu911 says, she's attractive, but most beautiful is a joke. There are way hotter women that deserve that honor. Thumbs down, people. 
Wow. User JackG31 responds to that by saying, they didn't say hot. They said beautiful. Big difference. And beautiful is the word. Wow, big difference. Yeah. That's a hot take. That's a beautiful take. That's a beautiful, beautiful take. YouTube user Faye Weinman says, this is all caps, by the way, so I'm going to yell it. Ridiculous. It's a big world out there. Has People Magazine seen all of them? <laughs> Which I think is a very... That's a good point. Well, have you people? Just because to, to, to declare someone the most beautiful person in the world, you are saying that everyone else in the world is less beautiful. Mm, that's true, yeah. YouTube, YouTube user Darren French says, let me read this, she famous for playing a hooker. Bad choice, people. Uh-oh, she famous for playing a hooker. Was that um, Pretty Woman? That's is the that, one. Is that the direction we're going? Yeah, it is. Julia Roberts. Again, I, I don't want to be totally disparaging. Lorraine Waxman on PopSugar.com and says, She is just beautiful. Her smile lights up a room, a photo, a film. Mm. A room, a photo, a ship, a speeder, <laughs> a cup. Yeah, a halfway, halfway through that comment, she started taking the Jedi Council guess the image on the screen <laughs> test. Uh. Which, do you think there were only three images? Because I think a lot of people could have could have gotten lucky on that. Yeah, I mean, if it's one out of three every time, you're going to get one out of 27 people acing it, so. Mm. Yeah, just recently saw Julia Roberts in her new, her new show, Homecoming, free publicity. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Okay. It's excellent. Now, would you say that she is a nice person? Would you say that she's intelligent? And would you say that she's beautiful? Yeah, but I would also say that... You know, they're, you know, yeah, I haven't looked everywhere, so I can't can't definitively say any of those things about her. Yeah, your intellectual humility is admirable and the sort of thing that People Magazine could learn from. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, so Julia Roberts won in 2017, and then the 2018 winner, YouTube comment user Moose Miser says, (laughs) whoever supports the Illuminati gets most beautiful. Mmm, moose miser. These moose are all for me. <laughs> Get away from me. Give me my moose. And, and give me my moose. We're using them to take over the Illuminati. <laughs> One of my favorite comments comes from user Dioku, who says, this isn't a negative comment, but, and then he says the person's name, but person's name's hair kind of makes her look like Giorno Giovanna. Mm. Giorno Giovanna is a anime character, and I'm going to send you the spelling of his name so that you can Google him and maybe try to... Oh, I'm, I'm here, baby. JoJo's, Biz- JoJo's Bizarre uh, Adventure, which I've not seen. I always wanted to. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, the hair. Okay. So, so look at the hair and try to imagine a woman whose hair might look like that. A woman whose hair might look like that. While you're thinking about that, I'll read eonline.com user Johnny Angel's comment. You like the direction everything is going presently? Enjoy it while you can. Nothing ever lasts. All things are based on cycles. Or, as the old expression states, this too shall pass. And it usually does for good and bad equally. Much like pollution and smog always returns when the air tides shift, life has their own tides. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That was the most beautiful thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Just incredible. Yeah. Were they trying to post on... I don't know, Ecclesiastes? Well, they did include the winner's name. I, I edited out the winner's name so that you could guess it, but 
Uh, uh, I'm going to have to go with that actress that played um, Switch in The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's what I'm seeing with this hair. Oh, and it's kind of freaking me out. The holes? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah I don't love it. You know, 2018, you said? Yeah. Oh, boy. A woman with short, blonde, sort of curly Q hair. Short, blonde, curly Q hair. Maybe like uh, Carrie Mulligan. Oh, good <laughs> guess. I mean, she is a, a beautiful young woman. You're going to want to be in the realm of music. Mm-hmm. Pink. Yep, you got it. Whoa! Let wow. Me send you, let me send you a link so that you can see. Wow! And you know, kind of crazy because I just wrote that haiku about pink. Yes. Oh yeah, there she is. There she oh. is. Cool. Maybe we can tweet out uh, a picture of Giorno and Pink next to each other. So. Giorno and Pink. Okay, I'm gonna try to do that. Um. <laughs> Again, I want to end on an uplifting note, and I want to I want to read Haley Nelson's quote from YouTube. If you're reading this comment, you are beautiful. Mm. Wow. You know, you know, this is a nice, this is nice for Pink because she's never won first place. <laughs> and she doesn't support the team usually. Yeah. So I don't know how she's doing on the team, team building aspect, but winning first place is a big step. It's a big, big step. As with the fictional characters, we're going to wrap up with a quick look at People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive wins. There are four men who have twice been named Sexiest Man Alive. All other winners have only been named once. Would you like to guess who the four two-time winners are? Four two-time winners. Matthew McConaughey? Good guess. He's won once, but he has not won twice. Okay. Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt has won twice. Indeed, he was the... Oh, he was the second person to win twice, actually. George Clooney? Yep, he has won twice. Okay. Can you give me kind of... Uh, I'm going for those classically sexy men. Are the other two more recent? Or are uh, they, one are of they them, kind of... One of them is more recent. The other one is less recent. Okay. So, for instance, one of them won both of his in the 90s, and the other won both of his in the 2000s. Okay. 2000s, how about a, um, how about a Chris Hemsworth? Mm, less recent than that. Chris Hemsworth did win in 2014, but uh, we're looking at the man who won in 2003 and 2009. Okay, okay. 2003 and 2009. And then you said the other ones were back in the 80s? Back in the 90s. They didn't start giving out the awards. I guess they gave them out in 1985. Mel Gibson won the very first one. Hmm. Hasn't won since, so you got to think it's been... It's been downhill for him. Yeah, it's been a tough, tough life. I don't know if this will help or hurt, but the but he he technically didn't win Sexiest Man Alive the first time. He won Sexiest Couple Alive with Cindy Crawford in 1993. So, oh, Richard Gere. You got it, Richard Gere. Woo. Okay, so Richard Gere, and then. Um, you know, let's just stay in the same ballpark and say Adam Sandler. <laughs> this is your sexiest man alive, Adam Sandler. Now, they were not in... Now, by ballpark, I'm thinking movies that have bride in the title. <laughs> um, so, so not... Wait, Father of the Bride is Adam Sandler. Runaway Bride is Richard Gere, yeah. right? Yeah. 
2003 and 2009. That is a tough one. He's a sexy man. People have long regarded this as a, as a sexy man. So his career existed starting already in the 80s. Wow. Also, did you know that Cindy Crawford's other spouse's name is Randy Gerber? Whoa. So we got a Gear and a <laughs> Gerber. From Randy Gerber to Richard Gear. Yeah, she likes the RGs. Next, it's got to be um, R- Robert Grimaldis. <laughs> I have a little McElroy Brothers. Tony, I'm having trouble with the other one. you got to give me another clue. Let me give you another clue. He recently broke up with, what is her name, the young woman who is in the Aquaman movie, Amber Heard. And he was he was accused of not treating her very well, which I think is a, is a not sexy trait in a man. No. Not at all. Amber Heard. Gosh, I got nothing. So he's a younger guy, though. Uh, he is not a younger guy. He is a He is now an older guy who is... Who commonly dates younger women. Oh, okay. First of all, good for Amber Heard. I was just thinking about her in Pineapple Express Mm. and how uh, I haven't seen her in a while. So good that she's back in a high-grossing film. And you've got to be talking about Mr. Johnny Depp. I am talking about Mr. Johnny Depp, yes. I don't know if, if there have been any legal declarations of guilt... But so I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't want our lawyers to get on my get on my butt about saying bad things about Johnny Depp. But if, if the stories are true, then he did some very not sexy things in that mm. relationship. So I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll ever be winning that sexiest man alive contest again. And there was that other time when he said that he had some Native American heritage, when he totally didn't. So that's not very cool either. That's not very sexy at all. Yeah. Ugh. What a dingus. <laughs> um, yeah. Johnny Johnny Dump, you know? <laughs> That's what I call him. Uh, That's what I call him, too. Yeah. Um, That's what you call him. Yes, Mel Gibson was People Magazine's first sexiest man alive. Idris Elba is the most recent. Mm. Let's, just, let's just go through them. You want me to read every single one? I want you to read The Sexiest Man Alive, The Year I Was Born, okay. 2000, nope, 1991. <laughs> 1991, The Sexiest Man Alive was a Mr. Patrick Swayze. Mmm, the Swayze. And how about, Swayze. In the, how about in the year that I graduated college, 2013? 2013? That would be... Hot on the corner in the pouring rain... Oh man, a Mister, a Mister Levine, Adam Levine of Maroon Five, which you guessed easily from my impressive, impressive singing abilities. All right, so those are those are real life beautiful people, and some real life people who used to be regarded as beautiful, but today I do not regard as beautiful. Mm. Our final category is a history. Of the phrase, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Hmm. Beauty's in the eye of the beer holder. <laughs> All right. As always, Austin, your, your, your wit and your relevance impress me. Hmm. Definitely have seen that on like a, uh, like one of those kind of 
quote unquote handmade signs at truck stops. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Um, so let's just walk through the history here. Let's do this. According to phrases.org, the saying first appeared in the third century BC in Greek. Mm. However, not not exactly in, in that form. I wasn't able to find what the Greeks said exactly, but apparently in 1588, English dramatist John Lilly <clears throat> included this quote, As near is fancy to beauty as the prick to the rose and the stalk to the rind as the earth to the root. Mm. Which is to say that if you fancy someone... You are likely to find them beautiful, which is a sort of early, an early version of beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Mm, indeed, or love is blind. Or love is blind. But those are sort of uh, those are sort of opposite. <laughs> that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and love is blind. Shakespeare also in 1588, he says, "Beauty is bought by judgment of the eye." Mmm, that's nice. That sounds like something an ugly dude would say, though. <laughs> Honestly. You know? Yeah. Benjamin Franklin has my favorite one. His his is a little a rhyming couplet. Would you like to guess what his rhyming couplet is? Beauty in the eye, pie in the sky. <laughs> ben Franklin. I'll tell you that one of the words he uses to rhyme is the word opinion. <sighs> He who has a firm opinion over beauty has dominion. Okay, you got the right word. Beauty, like supreme dominion, is but supported by opinion. Oh, indeed it, indeed it is. And it was included in Poor Richard's Almanac, 1741. I'm glad that it wasn't Poor Austin's Almanac, because I think his, <laughs> I think his rhyme is better than yours. It's true. And you know, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of throwing a little shade at King George, I'd say. <laughs> you know, the only reason this guy has power is because yep. uh, he holds popular opinion. But what if that weren't so? Yep. Imagine. Yep. David Hume, the next year, 1742, said, Beauty and things exist merely in the mind which contemplates them. Which is kind of an extension of, if you turn your back on something, is it really there? <laughs> if there's a beautiful person in the woods, does it make a noise? That's kind of my distillation of, of what I know of David Hume from from college. <laughs> it's sort of just nothing's real. You don't know. You don't know if it is, so yeah. you don't know. Like, just because gravity works yesterday doesn't mean it's going to work tomorrow. Like, you don't know. Yeah. The person who is widely credited with coining the phrase in its current form is a woman by the name of Margaret Wolf Hungerford. Hungerford Like the Wolf, <laughs> a memoir by Margaret. She wrote her books under the pseudonym The Duchess. Oh. And in 1878, she wrote a book called Molly Bawn, which includes the line, Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Oh, that actually, that surprised me. That That's, that's what you were going to say. I, I thought we might have one more permutation. It's been 100 and... 40 years. Wow. It ain't, it ain't broke. It Don't it fix it. broke. She said that too, actually. <laughs> she said both of those. Weird. Yes, Margaret Wolf Hungerford, born 1855, died 1897, was an Irish novelist, 
who wrote light romantic fiction. Say her name. Like, wait, like, why are we talking about her? <laughs> she was apparently popular throughout the English-speaking world in the late 19th century. Okay, so she had her time in the sun. She had her time in the sun. In the half-light of, <laughs> of that great island. Her plots follow the usual conventions of romantic novels of the day. They contain delicate love scenes that were never offensive to the ideals of Victorian morals. Her works are characterized as entertaining and charming, though usually not of great depth. She tends to have little in the way of character development, tending more towards flirtatious dialogue. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like uh, Hallmark movies, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. A lot, actually. If Mary Wolf Hungerford is the Hallmark of Victorian England, uh, what is Jane Austen? Let's do a little metaphor. Um... Or simile. <laughs> I find Jane Austen novels pretty boring, mm. which I realize is not a universally held opinion. So I, I, I don't want to make any similes that will be offensive to the sensibilities, to the sense or sensibilities, the senses or sensibilities of, of, of our listeners. You just need to get rid of your pride and deal with your prejudice <laughs> against Jane Austen. Uh, yeah, maybe I do. You know, maybe you would find, maybe we would find. Jane Austen, less boring if we had read a lot of Mary Wolf Hungerford and realized, you know, how subversive she was. True. Yeah. But I have not. So, you, you know, <laughs> I, I share some of your opinions. Yeah, you know, that's a good point, Austin. I think I, I shouldn't... When I say that I don't necessarily like Jane Austen's books, it doesn't necessarily mean that I don't understand their value. It just means that today... I find them boring. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, old movies are hella boring. Like, I don't yep. care about the first talkie. Like, yep. it's fine, cool. It's a step. So it's, it's a link in the chain. It's a link in the chain. She died of typhoid fever in 1897. Oof, yeah. that's not very flirtatious. It's not not very flirtatious at all. Oh boy. Well. I'm pouring one out <laughs> for Mary Wolf. Good. Maggie. Maggie. Wolfie. <laughs> Maggie Wolf Hungerford. Maggie Wolf. Maggie Dubs Hungy. <laughs> I think that's it. Maggie Dubs Hungy. <laughs> Good. Well. Good. Awesome. That's, uh, cool. that's beautiful. I think that's the end of a. I think this is the end of a beautiful podcast. <laughs> Speaking of boring movies, there I said it. Casablanca <laughs> is boring. Whoa, that's a bold claim. Yeah. Did I tell you that I? So, top secret news. I do use my parents' Netflix account, and you know how you can. Yeah, you used to be able to give like star ratings to movies on Netflix for for better matches to your preferences. Yeah, totally. My parents gave Casablanca three out of five stars, <laughs> which is, I, I assume, happened by accident, but is a very funny thing to imagine that that they just felt okay about one of the greatest yeah. movies of all time. Might watch it if it was on TV, but wouldn't seek it out again. <laughs> Casablanca, three stars. It's fine. It's a fine movie. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, good. You have anything you would like to wrap up about the topic of beauty? 
in the song The Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson, he describes himself as both a black rainbow and an ape of God, mm. which I think are sort of fun descriptors. I think a teen distortion, too, is one, which is kind of fun. Interesting. Or that might be disposable teens. I don't know. That might be disposable teens, Tony. <laughs> so don't quote me on that. I won't. Disposable teens. The first hit I get on Google is safely dispose of your prescription medicines. <laughs> that's on uh, NIDA for teens. Teens get most of the prescription drugs they misuse from family and friends. That is uh, sobering. Yeah. Now, so disposable teens is a little more fun. I'm going to read just before we quit. I'm just going to read a couple more. <laughs> Black Rainbow, Ape of God, I Have a Face That's Made for Violence, Teen Distortion, Rebel from the Waist Down, that's kind of fun, you know, some classic anti-boomer anti mentalities here, I want to thank you mom and dad for bringing this world to a bitter end, and you know, he gets kind of deep here, I never really hated the one true God, but the God of the people, I hated, yeah, so, disposable teens. Kind of a fun one. Cool. Well, so that wraps up beauty. That's all we have to say about about beauty. And I think that's all there is to be said about beauty. Huh? <laughs> I think that's an open and close, close open and oh, what am I trying to say? An open and shut case. Open and shut case uh, about outer beauty. Outer beauty. No, no, not that either. Never mind. Well, we did. We talked about both outer beauty and inner beauty. We did. We did. Which I sure. think are two, those are two kinds of beauty. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's uh, true. Another kind of beauty is beautiful music. And so we should thank theme song. I guess this is the right word I'm looking for. Yeah, we let's, thank, let's we should, thank we should, our theme song. Well, we should thank the creator of our theme song, Jude Schuma. Another kind of beauty is, is beauty in, in design, and so we should thank the designer of our, our logo, Anna Swearinga. Anything else that we need to, anybody else we need to thank? Any other business? I don't think so. I think that we, uh, I think that we tied it all together. Good. Well then, goodbye. I